I remember during COVID, I think one lady from one of the, our RM Relation Mission churches, she passed away. And as I, I didn't know this lady, but as I heard from others, I mean, she was kind of a prophet, really famous. She was serving others and a lot of people, they start giving their gratitude to her. And But she passed away and I was thinking, I mean, seeing so many people that are saying, yeah, she was a blessing to me. Yeah, she was amazing. And I'm watching all this stuff and I'm thinking, how many of these things she managed to hear while she was still alive? How, how very often, and I'm thinking, it's really good to honor ourselves, to honor others while we are still around. Not just when someone passes away and that, oh, he was a good person. Honor people. Tell them. You were amazing. Even today, you were incredible. Thank you for stuff. Just to really honor one another. And this is part of my message I want to share with you today. Because while I was thinking and preparing for this Sunday, God put a message in me. And um, this is part of the message. Just to honor one another. Just to appreciate and to value one another. That's why every time when I'm here in front, I'm just trying to, you know, to, to tell you guys to turn to your neighbor and to say something. To say something. We are one and just to encourage one another. Because this is really incredible. And um, it's amazing that we are kind of a family church. Hello, all the children. Hello. The children, hello. We love you. Woohoo. It's a little bit messy and noisy, but it's fine. That's correct. It's fine. I have a question for the children. Can I have your attention just for, for a little while? I won't take you from your toys. But children, do you know what does your name mean? Eva, do you know? Do you know? You, you know? She's my daughter. That's why I'm just playing with her. She knows. She just forgot. She was still in the, the game. But what does your name mean? So it's Eva, but what does that mean? Life. Life, that's correct. Life. So Eva is because we're Bulgarians. So Eva is um, the Bulgarian version of Eve. And Eve actually means life. And this is what's name. Other kids, do you know what your, your names mean? Okay, I'll speak for Isimi. Her name is Isimi Oluwatide, and it means the rest of God has come. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you. Other names? Children? There is another representative. His name is Sam, or Shemu Ale, which means heard by God. Amazing. Another one? His name's John, which means God has been gracious. Amazing. Mina. <laughs> yeah, Mina, blessings. And she is, um, he has blessed me. A lot of blessings in this house. Amen. So, yeah. So, it's important. The names, they mean something, especially in the old. Sorry, guys. Yeah, of course, we have time for, for all the kids. God is salvation and Buzzy Bumble is one three B. 
one three B. That's Nugget. One three B is Buzzy Bumble. Yes, so God is salvation. Amen. So all the names they mean something and um they bring something, they carry something. And uh children, just the last question for me. Sorry to be a pain. Children, do you know one of the names Jesus was called? Or some of the names he was called? Okay, the grown-up children, you can join as well. <laughs> some of the names of Jesus. I'll give you hints. Savior, Redeemer, Bread of Life. He was related with a lot of names. Yeah, okay, I'll go through my list. I have only 50 names. So, he's the Holy One of Israel, King of Kings. He's the Almighty, the Alpha Omega, Master, the High Priest, the Prophet, Teacher. Yes, Advocate, Mediator, Judge, Chief Cornerstone, Author and Finisher of our Faith, Lamb of God, Good Shepherd. He's the Word, Rock. The true vine, the son of man, the bridegroom, Christ. A lot of names. Oh, they mean something. And I remember when I was, so English is not my first language, but when I was studying English, there was a lot of, for example, John Baker. So good names to have. Or Baker Street. So we know what this guy is supposed to do. But yes, in the past, the names, they were really related to what the person was doing or some kind of a character or some mission related to, to this person. And um, it's important what the name is. And today I wanted to continue in this little series. We started with Isaiah, the songs the prophet was singing. And when I was thinking, as I said earlier, on this message, and I was preparing for this message, and it's, I was thinking also for what Joe mentioned and he shared with us last Sunday on Isaiah 42. And the, I have the message today that Isaiah is 49, chapter 49. But it's really interesting that the both chapters in the Bibles, they have like a header on the different passages. And it's the same header. And it says, the servant of the Lord. I don't know what your version you're using, but it says the version, uh, the servant of the Lord. And this is what I was thinking all this week, meditating on this, the servant of the Lord. And this is the name I want to just emphasize and just to share today with you. Is that all right? Amazing. Is there anyone who would love to read Isaiah 49? Verses 1 to 7. Isaiah 49, 1 to 7. The servants of the Lord. That's what my version says. So, Anyway, listen to me, you islands. Hear this, you distant nations. Before I was born, the Lord called me. From my mother's womb, he has spoken my name. He made my mouth like a sharpened sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He hid me. He made me into a polished arrow and concealed me in his quiver. 
He said to me, You are my servant, Israel, in whom I will display my splendor. But I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing at all. Yet what is due me is in the Lord's hands, and my reward is with my God. And now the Lord says, He who formed me in the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him and gather Israel to himself. For I am honored in the eyes of the Lord, and my God has been my strength. He says, It is too small a thing for you to be my servant, to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles, that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. This is what the Lord says, the Redeemer and Holy One of Israel, to him who was despised and abhorred by the nation, to the servant of rulers, kings will see you and stand up. Princes will see and bow down because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel who has chosen you. Amen. Amen. So this is the passage we will be looking today. And um, I will go through the verses. But the context is, this is the prophet, one of the big prophets. And he is writing in his second part of his book, which he wrote around 740, 700 BC. This is like 2,750 years ago. He wrote this book. I'll say it again. 2000, I was thinking this morning. 2,750 years ago, these brothers of ours, he put this song here. And here, we are here this long time after that. We are speaking about this word. We are talking about it. But this is like 700 years before Jesus came into the world just to be our Savior. And it's incredible, the plan of salvation that God had in his mind, because this is the context that God created heaven and earth. He created man. He wanted to have relationship with man. Man sinned, but he, God promised, I will send someone who will restore my people back so I can have relationship with them. And this was Jesus, the restorer. And Isaiah, in the both chapters, as I said, it says the servant of the Lord, the servant of the Lord, the servant of the Lord of the Lord. Jesus had, as we talked, a lot of different names. But really, what is the emphasize? The prophet emphasized the servant of the Lord. And I will just quickly go through three points that Joel mentioned in chapter 42 verses from 9 uh, 1 to 9 actually says that Jesus is God's servant. This is the first point that our Redeemer is God elected. That he's God's choice. That God appointed him to be the Savior. And he is the divine person appointed to be the servant, to take the way of the sin so we can be free. And in Isaiah 90, 49, he continues with the same, in the same thing. And verse 9 is the work of redemption. He was appointed and set apart by God. Jesus was chosen by God himself just to be this Redeemer. And in Matthew 1, 21, it says that she will give birth to a son. And this is from Mary. And you are to give him the name Jesus. Which means the Lord saves because he will save his people from their sins. And this is what the prophet is talking about. The same Jesus. Hebrew 5, 4 says, and no one takes his 
honor on himself, but he receives it when called by God, just as Aaron was. The, the meaning here is that Jesus had the calling from God, and God called him to be his son, to be this servant. And verse 2, it says, He made my mouth like a sharpened sword. In the shadow of his hand he hide me. He made me into a polished arrow and concealed me in his quiver. It's really interesting here that it says about Jesus that, that God had fitted and qualified him to the service on which he had uh, designed him to do. And it's in the ancient times, the sword, and it's mentioned really in Hebrew 4.12, also Revelation 1.16 and Revelation 19.15, it says that the, the word of God is sharp as a sword. And this is what um, the prophet is speaking about here, that Jesus will bring this word. It will be sharp as sword. And it says that it's the sword and an error were really sharpened. And in ancient times, these were really powerful tools. And Jesus is the word of God, isn't it? John said that the word became flesh and this was Jesus himself. And we saw his presence, his power, and it says he is about the, the, the word. And Jesus was really sharp in his speech. He was sharp in, in the word of God and he was the word himself. But this is what it says, that he was polished and he was really ready to do it. But it it's, says something really interesting in verse 2. In, in both um, places in the verse, it says that in the shallow of his hand he hide me. And after that, he says, it concealed me in his quiver. And it's like God himself was doing something, but he just hided for a moment of time. He hided. He was, he, it's like he was revealing something to his prophets. And they were seeing partially things that are about to come because the prophets, they were prophesying, most of them in the Old Testament prophets, they were prophesying the things that will come about Jesus about the Redeemer, about the Savior, who will restore everything in God. And uh, in some sense, he was hidden. It was like a secret. And it's, um, and it's in Ephesians 3, 5 and Romans 16, 25, it says that this secret was revealed through Jesus Christ. And now we know that it's not a secret anymore. But this is revealed to us by his word. And he has been really faithful to open our eyes so we can see and understand that it's not a secret anymore. And in verse 3 it says, You are my servant, Israel, in whom I will display my splendor. And God is just... This is like conversation between God and his servant, which is Jesus. And he is just confirming that. He is just confirming and just appointing again him as a savior. And there is really interesting something I was reading. And, um, and it says in verse 4, But I said I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing at all. 
Yet what is due me is the Lord's hand, and my reward is with my God. And it's like, when I was reading some comments of this, it's like the conversation between the Father and Jesus. And it's like Jesus, when he was sharing the word of God, people that didn't get it, people then don't receive that. They rejected the word of God. And it's like, God, I'm working here. I'm sharing the word. But it's like people that are not listening. They are not paying attention. And it's like he was just a little bit discouraged about us. And how many times it's like with us is the same. It's like we share the word of God. We stay in the word of God. And it's like nothing happening. It's like people, they don't receive it. But it's, it's really good that God encouraged him. And he empowered him. And now the Lord says, He who formed me in my womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him and gather Israel to himself. For I will be honored in the eyes of the Lord, and my God has been my strength. Formed in my womb, it was predestined for Jesus to be there. And God is just confirming with Jesus his choice. And after that, in verse 6, it says that he says, It is too small a thing for you to be my servant, to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept. And um, the second part of the verse says, I will also make you a light for the Gentiles, that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. And this is the end of verse 6. And it's, in this struggle, it's like God is just reminding Jesus, his servant, about the future. He's showing him, you are the light. I will make you this light to be for all the generations to come. And after that, verse 7 actually finishes. This is what the Lord says, the Redeemer and the Holy One of Israel, to him who was despise it by the nations to the servant of the rulers kings will be will see you and stand up princes will see and bow down because of the lord who is faithful the holy one of israel who has chosen you and this is god has given him the perspective so in other words jesus is the servant of god he was appointed at some point he was struggling but the father gave him the future picture and said it's fine it's fine and the word servant is meant is mentioned 560 times in the whole bible 23 times in the book of isaiah and four times in just in these four verses the servant the servant my servant my servant and the servant is someone who does something for others someone who lays down his life for others Someone who puts others first. Someone who lays down his life for others. And this is what my point. And I know that two weeks ago, Nat was sharing about serving, speaking more about the local community, the church. And, and I think 
And when we met this week and we were just chatting and talking about it, but for some reason, God put this message in my heart as well for servanthood. And I think there is a, there is a reason why, and I'll share it at the end about this servanthood. But, but Jesus came for three main reasons. The first reason was to reveal the Father. The second reason was to die for us. And the third reason was just to set an example for us, to be an example of us, how we should live our life with Christ. And John 13, I know that Nat also mentioned this, shared a story when Jesus himself, he was washing the feet of his disciples. He was washing there, just doing it. And Peter was, what are you doing? <laughs> You're the Lord? You're the Savior? What are you doing? Jesus said that you don't know understand now, but this is what I have to do. And this is the example Jesus set up for us just to serve, just to serve the servant. And this is what the Father called Jesus, the servant, my servant, my servant, who is the Redeemer, who is Christ, who is the promised one, but is the servant. And Acts 3.13, Apostle Peter is preaching and he said, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers glorified his servant, Jesus, who refers again to his servant, Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate. And Jesus is giving them different perspective. And he's saying in Mark 10, 45, who even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as ransom for many. And this is the example Jesus Christ himself, he gives to us. And today, how does this re reflect with us? And the first thing is to serve God. To serve God. When Jesus was here, he was telling his disciples, be careful not to serve two masters. No one can serve two masters. This is what Jesus told them. Nobody can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You cannot serve both God and your job. You cannot serve both God and maybe your hobby or something that you put more than God. But you cannot serve both of them. And when Jesus was tempted in Matthew 4.10, Jesus said to Satan, Away from me, Satan, for it's written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Serve him only. And the first Thessalonian one nine says, For they themselves reported that kind of reception you, you give us. They tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. This is the church, the Thessalonian. And in Hebrew nine fourteen it says, How much more then will be with the blood of Christ, who though the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished of God, cleansed our 
conscience from acts that lead to death, so that we may serve the living God. And I think it's in the society we live in, it's always been like a challenge to serve the God of our faith, to serve the living God. And it's always been a challenge. Always can something interrupt, always can something to destroy us. We live in the most destructive times ever <laughs> with all these phones and information and advertisements everywhere. But it's how we can serve God, how we can serve Him. And I believe that there is a two main things, and there is a two verses I wanted to share with you. John 10, 27, it says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. My sheep, they listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I think this is a crucial verse for, for us in our work with God. But my sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I think it's really crucial in order to serve God, just to listen. Just to listen. Just to come down and listen. To listen his voice and just to follow him. Another verse, John 14, 15 says, If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. And it's all about relationship. It's all about listening, talking, having a relationship. As we were just writing Isaiah 49, it's just the Father having this relationship with Jesus. They're talking, they're communicating, they're listening. And the servant follows the father. The servant follows his God. And there is a two, two things speaking about the will of God. There are two main parts. The first part is that God has a will for all of us and a common will for all of us. All of us to come to knowledge of him. All of us to obey him. All of us to worship him. All of us to follow him. But there is a personal God's will, specific will. So I want to encourage you. Listen from God. What is his specific will for your personal life? And just follow him. Just obey him. But there is personal will for each and every one of us. The second part is serve your family. Serve your family. Ephesians 5 speaks about husbands and wives. And this is a beautiful passage which usually is used for the wedding ceremonies. And it says, this is Ephesians 5. I will read it because it's a beautiful picture. But if beautiful illustration between Christ and the church. And in Ephesians, Apostle Paul is, is writing in verse, starting verse 21 and says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submit to one another. <laughs> beautiful. And he speaks to wives and to husbands and says, Wives, submit yourself to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body, on which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands. Do we have husbands here? Okay, husbands, yay! Love, it says, this is the word of God, it says, love your wives 
just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they, their own body. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and carry for their body, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. However, however, each of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. And it's really amazing when you're in love. How many of you have been in love in your life? Nobody. Never. Come on. All of us have been. I remember my first feelings like this was I was maybe uh, year six or in my teenage years. But you, you know the feeling is different, isn't it? You're in love. And when you're in love, there's no problems. There's no issues. Life is so good. Everything is perfect. And you're walking on pink clouds. <laughs> and you go when you get married and it's fantastic. But at some point somewhere, it's like in the beginning, you're happy to, to throw the garbage, to do the washing. It's fine. Of course, honey, I will do it for you. Until some time passes and we just forgot to serve one another. It's like we forgot, oh, the dishes, oh, not me today, oh, I'm busy, I'm, I'm doing my stuff. Uh, the garbage, oh, no, 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 it's your turn now, why I should do it? And it's like we forget to serve one another, just to honor one another with this little thing, like doing the washing, throwing the garbage, just um, doing the ironing, or just all these chores, which are not the best thing of the family life, but a part of life. Serve one another, honor one another as husbands and wives. Respect one another. And the second thing is the children. In an Ephesians 6, 1, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right, so that it might go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on earth. And this is incredible promise from coming from Deuteronomy chapter 15, and it's incredible promise. Obey your parents. And all of us, we have parents, don't we? We all have parents. We are all children, aren't we? <laughs> Even grown-up children, we are all grown-up children. And we are children, and we have to obey our parents. But as, in the same way, parents do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. As Easy was praying just to raise our kids, our children in the Lord, just to love them, not just to annoy them, but really to serve them. How I can serve my children? How I can serve them? In one hand, in the other hand, how I can be a good child to my parents? 
how I can serve them, how I can serve my parents. What can I do for them? What about our relatives? It's like you come into the world, you're born, and you don't choose your nieces, you don't choose your cousins, your aunts and your relatives, but they're there, they're your relatives. And unfortunately, very often, we don't have good relationships. How many of you have really good relationship with your relatives? Good, good, good number of people. But very often, we don't have, even in our close relationships, like siblings, even sometimes with parents and relatives. And it's not easy. But I can recommend you today to us. Do your best to serve as much as you can, even to your relatives, even to them, even to your cousins, even to your uncle and all your relatives. Try to serve them. I know that not two weeks ago he was speaking more about serving in the local, our faith community, in our community here. But there is a beautiful verse in Galatians 5.13. It says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Amen? You were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, rather serve one another humbly in love. This is the same word, serve. Serve one another in love. And this is in the context of the church. And First Peter 4.10 says the same. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others, to serve others. And we are the spiritual family. We have our physical family, and we are the spiritual family. We are one. God has put us together to serve one another, to serve one another, to serve one another. Also, serve others. Who are these others? Neighbors, where we live. Just serve them, love them. <laughs> where we live, we love it. I mean, we live in Rochester next to the high street. Um, but our neighbors, most of them, they're like smoking weed and just kind of, this is just the kind of people they are. And uh, sometimes it's hard for us even to open our windows just to have some fresh air. But we are there to serve them to love them. What about your work with your colleagues? How we can serve them? Your colleagues, people around us. I know we are there to work. What we can do to serve them? To serve them. Even, even if you're a manager or some kind of a position, you're the boss. Even if you're the boss, how can you serve them? Where I work on my night shift, I'm part of the management team. And to be honest, most of the managers, they're not serving others. But if you're a manager in your work, how can you serve the people you manage? We are called to serve. What about if you're owner of a business? Do you serve? How do you serve? And everyone else, we are called to serve. 
How many of you, you are drivers, you drive here in UK? Nobody. Ah, thank you. Just a few more. It's really interesting that, the, you know, the roads in UK, for some reason, are really tiny. Really tiny. You're hard to go by sometimes. And this is one of the ways you can surf. The, it's really easy to make someone happy. And it's really thin line between to make someone happy or just to annoy them. <laughs> if you come in and there is a car coming up across you and you're coming as well, and there is a really, really narrow way you can go through, there are two options. You can speed up a little bit and take your advantage, or you can just stop and just let the other person go. In the first case, you can a little bit annoy the person because he wanted to go first. But always, 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 if you just wait, what is happening? They're waving. This is one of the things I love here. People are just waving. Thank you. Thank you. This is how you can surf, even in the smaller things, even in the smaller things. Open doors for people, give way. Another thing, smile. <laughs> Smile when you're around people. Just smile. <laughs> what happens even if you, the person is not smiling just in front of you? In the moment you smile, what do they do? They smile back. And this is a beautiful way. You can just, people, make them smile. And I think it's important message about serving. Serving God. Serving our families. Serving our communities. Saving people around us, just being in this spirit. Just to be like Jesus, because he was serving after that. And in John 10, 17, Jesus said, The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life, only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I laid it down. Of my own accord. I let it down. I have the authority to lay it down. And authority to take it up again. But Jesus is saying. I lay down my life. I decide to serve. I decide to lay my life. I decide to step back. I decide to serve others. I decide. I decide. And it's kind of a decision. Of us. Of our hearts and we we were in Joshua recently and in Joshua 24 15 it says but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you then choose for yourself choose for yourself this day today whom you will serve serve whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in the whole land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. It's a choice to serve in each and every area of our life. And the last thing I wanted to say that why this message twice? Two weeks ago, not shared this message. And for some reason, it resonated in me again. But we are now in the summer holidays. And usually summer holidays is the time when we relax, we just, uh, we are off 
our brain just we relax from the whole year we've been working and usually we reflect from the year that's gone and usually we are preparing for the year to come and this is a good time for us just to prepare for the new season starting from the september kids will be back to school we'll be back in the full swing and it's like a time when we are preparing and and this is the reason i believe that god is just speaking unto us as a community servanthood 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 and how many of you when you hear the word leadership you're just stepping back and you say oh leadership i'm not a, a leader oh i'm not a such a person i'm not a leader leadership means influence this is what is leadership and all of us we influence others but servanthood equals leadership this is what is leadership servanthood this is it and all of us we are called to be servant and this is what to be to lead and what i believe that god has a great future for us as a church as a community five communities all of them for the last two years they've been doing really good god has been good to all of us as a communities all of them they've grown up established and i believe that in the months and the years to come we have to learn how to serve how to lead this community because many will come and i want to share this verse with you isaiah 49 6 this is part of the passage and the second passage it says i will also make you a light for the gentiles that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth and i believe that this is what the spirit of god is speaking into us as a community i will make you also a light for the gentiles that the salvation may reach to the ends of the earth and i know that not also mentioned what mike betts he said about he was praying and he said about the rochester and he said i will read it again rochester is going to be a birth pool for new life messy but in a good way the godless coming to here who don't know anything about the gospel keep the gospel central and thought regularly and this is from my bed a couple of weeks ago and this is what i do believe that's why we are here talking about servanthood because god is about to make us as a community light for the gentiles and this is what i believe it's why we speak about servanthood servanthood how to serve how to serve today and this is what joshua says to the congregation he said decide today whom you're going to serve how you're going to serve and i can encourage you today while we are just going back to worship think about how i can serve god how i can serve my family how i can serve my children how i can serve my community what can i do for my neighbors what can i do in my workplace what can I do when I'm just walking around? What can I do? How can I serve? Because this is our Lord Jesus, the servant of the Lord. This is what he set us as an example for us. Amen. Amen.